welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of Barton and Morris. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 3. In this case that we're looking at this week emerged from a dispute between a couple of the respondents. Fox Pace Limited owned a property in London called Nash House and they agreed to pay Barton £1.2 million if he introduced a purchaser who would buy the property for £6.5 million. That £1.2 million represented deposits and other expenses incurred by Barton on a couple of previous attempts to buy Nash House. Things started off well for Barton as he found a purchaser called Western UK Action Limited, who were willing to pay £6.55 million for the property. However, when it turned out that Nash House was in an area safeguarded for the purpose of the High Speed 2 railway line, Western instead paid £6 million instead. Since the oral agreement between Barton and Foxpace only referenced if the property was sold for £6.5 million, Foxpace refused to pay Barton any money when Nash House eventually went for £6 million flat. Barton brought a claim for reasonable value of his services, but his case was rejected at the first instance. However, he then appealed to the Court of Appeal, who held that he was entitled to a reasonable fee for his services. The case was then appealed to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. The justices began by noting that there were three possible ways in which Foxpace might be contractually bound to pay a reasonable fee to Mr Barton. Firstly, if there was an express term in the contract. Secondly, if there is an implied term based on the facts. And thirdly, when a term is implied by law. In the alternative, there was also a possibility that Foxpace might be obliged to pay a fee under the law of unjust enrichment. We can go through each of these options in turn. In the first instance, we can say pretty easily that there wasn't an express term in the oral contract between the parties that obliges Foxpace to pay Barton a reasonable fee for his services. The contract only states what will happen if the property sells for more than £6.5 not what happens if it is eventually sold for less than that. The second question was about whether a term should be implied into the contract in favour of Barton, but for the majority such a term was felt to be a contradiction of the express terms. There is not any particular fee to which the parties would clearly have agreed to, and nor is there one that is so obvious that it goes without saying. It is also not necessary for the courts to imply such a term into the contract in order for it to make business sense. The only other way in which Foxpace might be contractually bound to pay Barton a reasonable fee is if a term is implied by law. Now, Section 15 of the Supply of Goods and Services Act 1982 can imply a term that says a party contracting with a supplier for services will pay a reasonable charge when consideration for the service is not determined by the contract. However, in this case, the majority held that consideration was in fact determined by the contract and Barton was not obliged to provide a service so section 15 does not apply here. It is also possible for the law to imply a term because of the very type of contract that is at issue in these proceedings, i.e. contracts between sellers and estate agents 
where the courts have previously implied an entitlement to commission. While it is possible to see why Barton might be viewed as an estate agent based on the service that he performed, the justices held that he was not an estate agent because this was just a one-off contract. Furthermore, the fee of £1.2 million was extortionate compared to what might generally be considered reasonable in the circumstances, and was instead based on the money Barton had previously forfeited because of previous transactions. Therefore, the majority held that there was no contractual relief for Barton, and so they moved on to look at the other claim of unjust enrichment. Unfortunately for Barton, this claim failed as well, because any reasonable fee paid to Barton would be at odds with what was agreed between the parties, and unjust enrichment cannot be used to circumvent the terms of a contract. Barton not receiving any sort of compensation once the property was sold may seem harsh, but as the justice pointed out, the law of unjust enrichment is not there to mend a bargain that is struck between two parties. The appeal was therefore allowed and Barton lost his claim, but in the end it was only by a small majority of three to two. The minority, in the form of Lord Leggett and Lord Burroughs, would have dismissed the appeal. Lord Leggett argued that a term can be implied into the contract by law, so that a reasonable sum is paid for the supply of services where a sum is not fixed in the contract. Implying such a term into this agreement would not be inconsistent with the existing express term that if the property sold for less than £6.5 million, then Foxpace would not be obliged to pay Barton £1.2 million. Lud Burroughs agreed with that, but also added that the same result could be achieved under the law of unjust enrichment. Ultimately, I think it is Lord Leggett who I am most inclined to agree with out of the five justices who heard this case. Whereas the majority place a lot of value on the existing terms of this rather basic oral contract, it is important to note that this existing term certainly does not preclude another term being implied. After all, the parties made provision for what would happen if the property sold for over £6.5 million, but not for what would happen if it sold for under that amount. It is important to say that this absence does not necessarily mean that the courts should imply a term into the contract, because judges should be loath to interfere in a bargain that is freely struck between two sides, but the door is assuredly left open by this absence. In this situation, I think that the law is correct to step in. Barton did not have to provide this service, but the fact that he did surely means that he had a reasonable expectation of compensation, even if Nash House did not sell for £6.5 million, as expected. The fact that there is a contract probably means that the law of unjust enrichment does not apply, but Foxpace have certainly got away with one on a technicality here. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!